David, last night at the Tampa Bay Rays game, O.J. Howard caught a foul ball. So I want to know, what's the coolest thing you've caught at a sporting event? The common cold. The common cold. All right. This is the Drink 5 Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tight. Here we go. It's tricky. To rock around. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 All right, here we are. Week five is in the books, and we've seen more fantasy points last week uh, than I think we've seen in a very long time. So it was a very exciting week, don't you think? I thought it was great, yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. So, uh, you know, before we dive into fantasy, uh, I want to know what you're drinking, but I want to brag about what I'm drinking first, because I have a new Glarus Staghorn Oktoberfest beer. This is my absolute favorite Oktoberfest, and it came through again this year. It's freaking delicious. You got one of those over there too, Dave? Yeah, sure do. Plus the Revolution Brewing's Everyday Hero Session IPA. So uh, both of these guys are are pretty good uh, from our area, both in Wisconsin and Chicago. Local-ish breweries, although nowadays, um, you know, both of those breweries are pretty well known. New Glarus says only in Wisconsin but I do happen to see them out other places sometimes, so I think they're kind of they're kind of uh, losing that moniker. We'll a keep bit. that on the hush hush. Yeah, I don't think that that's necessarily on the up and up, if you will. <laughs> but uh, this was uh, brought to me by my friend Matt, who traveled all the way to the foreign land of Wisconsin to purchase these beers and uh, brought them back here for a good time on Sunday. So we could dive right into the trends. Um. We're going to look at uh, some trends, players trending up, trending down, uh, see what we think about those trends, see if we think that they'll stick, see if we can identify why they're trending. Um, so starting off at quarterback, uh, and as Dave has always said, we try to identify trends based on a three-week or more um, you know, common theme, at least. Uh, it's not always points, although it usually is points. Although occasionally, uh, as we'll see in one of the players later, you know, a garbage time touchdown may throw the points a little bit off, but that doesn't mean the trend is necessarily false. So anyways, uh, Carson Wentz is the first guy to look at. In week three, he played Detroit at home. He had 21 points. Uh, week four, he went to Green Bay at 19. And then last week, uh, he played the Jets, the lowly Jets, and only put up six points. So right now, Wentz is currently the QB9, but his downward trend to me is pretty clear. Um, and that's mostly because, you know, we haven't seen him light anybody up really this year. He's really limited as to what who his targets are going to be because he had so many injuries at wide receiver. Um, and he's not going to be a very good start for at least the next five or so games due to a really rough schedule. Um, so coming up, he's got three road games in a row. They are Dallas, Minnesota, well, Minnesota, Dallas, and Buffalo in that order. And then he plays Chicago, uh, and then they go on by, and then they play New England. So my argument to you, Dave, is that Carson Wentz is not startable until at least week 12, which basically makes him garbage to us at the moment. Um, so he may have helped you out at, up until this point, but I don't think you can count on him for putting up QB1 numbers for the you know rest of the fantasy regular season for the most part. Um, so are you okay with moving on with Wentz from Wentz? 
No, and I think that's a little extreme. However, I, I won't start him if I can help it this week versus Minnesota. I'll agree with you there. Um, trends are a thing because they are a thing, uh, and, and it should continue to uh, trend in a trajectory that's a little bit lower for him. But to say that he's just not startable on an offense that has a lot of playmakers, where they seem to just be picking up, uh, finding out. Well, they're short playmakers at the moment, in my opinion. Yeah, but they're coming back, is what I'm saying. Anyway, you're not wrong with anything that you said. I'm just not willing to throw in the towel. However, I think that it's certainly a, a good sit for this coming week. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you could get some trade value for him, I would be uh, recommending that. Um, but yeah, he's got Alshon Jeffrey. He does not have Deshaun Jackson back yet. And Nelson Aguilar, as we've seen, cannot catch anything, uh, as has been called out by numerous people in the city of Philadelphia. Um so uh, moving on to running backs, you got Josh Jacobs, who in week three put up 4.4 points in Minnesota. Week four in Indy put up 10. And then week five last week in London against Chicago, he put up 26.3, which is a huge game. Um, so he started well, and then he went into the tank. I know he was a little bit banged up, uh, but he seems healthy now. Um, he averaged only 8.4 points over the following you know weeks two through four of the season. Uh, last week he put up one of the best games that he's had, one of the best running back games we've seen this year, um, and it was against what we thought was one of the best defenses in the league. Obviously, the Raiders figured something out, or maybe the Bears left their defense at home and nobody realized it. Um, so the trends all look great for Josh Jacobs. Not only his points, but I like the way his carries are going. It went from 10 to 17 to 28, 6. In the last three weeks, he's being used in the passing game. He had only one catch in the first three weeks, and now he has five catches in the last two. Uh, his snap percentage has gone up over the last three weeks as well. That's something I like to look at because we always say if a guy's not on the field, then he doesn't even have the chance to score points. 68.5% now. Yeah, 42 to 53 to, as you said, 68.5% for the last week. Um, so if you're on the field for, you know, two to one of the snaps, you're going to get way more than that. He's probably getting at least 75 or 80% of the carries at the running back position right now on the Raiders. Um, so everything's trending in the right direction. He's got a bye week this week. Uh, but since it was a London game, you know, he probably needs the extra rest. I can't imagine that that's an easy uh, commute for football players. So I wouldn't hesitate to fire him up against the Packers, against the Texans. Those are his next two matchups. Uh, it looks like he's getting at least 22, 20 touches a week, and the team is playing well. And if a team is playing well, then their running backs are just inherently more valuable, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, he's and that's a guy, too, that you're probably going to be playing uh, at the moment anyway because the, the running back core is a little bit thin. Um, but the looking at the trend was, was beautiful. It certainly did a great job against Chicago, as you mentioned. And uh, the only thing to be concerned about with Josh is that he's not getting a whole lot of targets in general, um, and they're they're – tending to pass the ball to some of their other running backs in the backfield. But that doesn't matter so much if you're scoring touchdowns. So, Yeah, I mean, they said they wanted to get him involved more in the uh, in the passing game, and they have a little bit, a very little bit. He's not saying that he's going to be a great passing back like some of the other guys, like a Zeke Elliott or someone like that. But it, it something is more than nothing. Um, that's always encouraging. So you got Chris Carson, who in week three put up three points uh, at home against New Orleans. Week four in Arizona, he put up 14-5. And then last week, uh, Thursday night, against the Rams, he put up 18.3. I believe he scored twice in that game, so that's pretty key right there. Um, you know, Carson started the season. He was very slow. He had fumbling problems. Uh, it did not look good from a fantasy standpoint. 
However, uh, it appears that the fumbling problems are a thing of the past. And uh, Pete Carroll had said that, you know, we have great faith in him. We're going to stick with him. They did, and it and it worked out. You know, sometimes the coaches do know what they're talking about, and they actually, you know, tell the truth. Nobody's better on that team. Chris Carson is great, so just going to keep pounding it. Yep, so his carries have uh, increased each week. So he had 15 a game for the first three games, uh, 22 week four, 27 last week. Uh, that's a lot. I don't expect 27 carries a, a game, uh, but, you know, they do love to run the ball in San, uh, Seattle, uh, except for when it's um, first and goal uh, in the Super Bowl at the end of the game. So um, he is also in the pa- being used in the passing game a lot more than Josh Jacobs. Uh, 17 targets this year for Chris Carson, 15 catches. It's a good catch rate. Um, Russell Wilson is red hot right now, and uh, if he's going to be used in the passing game too, that just means more success for Chris Carson. Um, So he's the main running back on the field. In week three, he was in for 45% of the snaps, uh, but last week he was in for 84% of the snaps. So he's in every down roll, which I think is rare in the NFL. I don't know many guys who have that every down roll. You know, you've got Le'Veon Bell, uh, even James Conner isn't quite, uh, I think, up at that high of a snap percentage. Well, he will be for the next three to four weeks. So that's true without Jalen Samuels, who I'm sure that we'll get to soon. Um, and then, you know, Zeke Elliott is another one that comes to mind. So, you know, Chris Carson is almost in that echelon of, like, elite running backs who are going to get the ball a lot, and he's going to have a very high floor uh, going forward, especially because his team is good. So they're playing Cleveland, Baltimore, Atlanta coming up. Those are all great um, matchups for him. So, you know, you were starting Chris Carson. Start him, you know, fearlessly. Don't trade him away. He's going to be a rising commodity. Um, so a guy who is on the downswing right now, LaShawn McCoy. Week three against Baltimore, he put up 20. Week four in Detroit, he put up 14.9. And then last week in Indianapolis, against Indianapolis, I should say, only 0.3 points due to a fumble, and he only had two catches. So he had great usage during weeks three and four, and he was a popular start. Um, but because uh, they were behind a lot in week five, he didn't really see much of the field at all. Uh, they abandoned the run. He was only in for 22% of the snaps. Um, so even when he was putting up good numbers, it was because he was finding the end zone, not because he was necessarily being used a lot. He had no more than 14 touches a game, uh, you know, in any of those games that he's done well or poorly, for that matter. Uh, now Damian Williams is back, so that's going to cut into his workload. Tyreek Hill is on track to come back. Uh, I think you and I both agree he'll probably be back this week. Or at least that's our prediction. Uh, mine, anyways. I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, it, it seems like it could be a game-time decision. I think that uh, he's young. He'll probably bounce back. They need him in there because they need to stretch the field once again. Um, but with the Chiefs offense at full strength or near full strength, uh, there's not going to be a whole lot of room for LaShawn McCoy going forward. Um, I would say, you know, he's definitely going to be on your bench this week, if not a drop candidate, you know, soon enough. Because a couple more weeks of this usage like he saw against Indy, he's going to be irrelevant. So I don't totally agree with you there either because, yes, Damian Williams is back in that sort of starting position, right? However, Damian Williams uh, doesn't take a lot of carries without becoming injured. That is just truth and fact. Uh, so there's no reason to think that Damian Williams will be able to start two more games without getting injured. <laughs> that is indeed a and, true fact. And having LaShawn McCoy come back in as the starter. So I don't think that you should get rid of this gentleman. And I think that uh, while this trend is absolutely correct, again, 
most of that was the game flow, them trying to chuck it downfield to to win this game, and they lost. Um, I do agree with you that Damian Williams will probably get the majority with some other guys maybe sprinkling in, but again, um, he he hasn't had more than 50 carries in a season ever, and I don't see why he would suddenly be healthy for the rest of the season. As far as Damian Williams goes, okay, that's a uh, that's a good point. I, um, I I see where you're coming from on that. So uh, perhaps pump the brakes on the drop of uh, Lashawn McCoy, but I definitely <laughs> think don't start him. Don't start him this week. Um, but you know, I, I don't like holding on to guys waiting for injuries. So um, you know, if you it, 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 to me, it feels like a handcuff almost. This is a sure thing. A sure thing. A sure injury. How many thing? how many games is the most that Damian Williams has ever played back to back? Back to back? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it's got to be more than maybe four. I mean, it's got to be more than like the two you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> he's played, you know, he's been in many seasons, so he hasn't been the starter a whole lot. Um, so last year he did play in seventeen games, but he only had carries, uh, a, m- greater than one carry in five of those games. Well, his problem has not been that he's not useful. It's always been that when he becomes the starter, he only is the starter for a couple of weeks before he gets injured. Yeah, I mean, in his first two years of the league, he only had double-digit... First three years of the league, really four years, he only had double-digit carries twice uh, all all the whole time. So so I, I think there's still a committee, and they just didn't use LaShawn McCoy because he wasn't part of the, uh, of, the, of the game flow. But you're not wrong to say that LaShawn McCoy will not be contributing as much um, as as long as Kansas City is doing what they what they normally do, or they're playing from behind, if people are doing man defense on them, which apparently is working against Kansas City, um, and Damian Williams is the starter, like the Rams, the New England Patriots have given everyone a blueprint on how to beat this team. There you go. So that's what people are using, and it's smart. <laughs> um, so we will be right back with the wide receivers and tight ends. Tell them about the songs tonight, Jason. So tonight, uh, like every night, we have a theme uh, to all the songs. Now, the theme this week may be a little more complicated. I'll think up a good clue to give you guys in a little bit, maybe during the next song, to help you along the way to kind of figure it out. Um, Sorry about that, Dave. Anyways, we'll move on to the uh, wide receivers. We got Keenan Allen, who in week three against Houston put up 30.6 points. Amazing. Uh, Week four at Miami. Uh, at Miami, only 4.8. And then week five against Denver, only 1.8 points. So he's been trending way down for a guy who's been drafted as a WR1. Um, his receptions have gone down in week three. He had 13, then five, and then four last week. Um, he only had 18 yards on four catches last week. So he wasn't even getting downfield. You know, that's a terrible yards per catch. Um, it seems like he is susceptible to being shut down by opposing cornerbacks. Um, so on teams that have good matchups, it may, um, well, I wouldn't ever want to say sit Keenan Allen yet, but you may need to temper your expectations when that happens. Um, 
So I think that he's going to continue to be kind of up and down. So if you want to cash in on Allen, uh, I would recommend that. As soon as he has a good game, which I predict will be this week, he has a good bounce-back um, matchup against the Steelers. Dave, who do the Steelers have a good slot corner? Because Keenan Allen seems to be running a lot out of the slot lately. Well, I think the, the, the slot corner for some of these games is probably Fitzpatrick. Okay. Um, so young guy, very talented. And- I don't know if he's... Their defense has been his stride yet. really good. In fact, with all of the crap that's happened to the Steelers, they, they should have won most of these games they've played. They've only been within a touchdown or less in, in all of these last three games, actually, but okay. before the Bengals. Yeah. So, uh, but, but we're not talking about the Steelers. If you're looking at a, a purely from a matchup standpoint, I, I don't see why uh, Keenan Allen would continue to do poorly other than the things that you already said. Um I, I do have Keenan Allen as the number three wide receiver in standard scoring leagues this week. So I totally agree that there's no real reason why he shouldn't have a big game. And yeah. and the corner, uh, you know, the Steelers will play on him, at least when he's lining up in that uh, in that slot, et cetera, are, are not going to be like, you know, top two shutdown quarters or anything. So Yeah, so last year in week 13 against the Steelers, he had 19 targets, 14 catches, for 148 yards and a touchdown, also a two-point conversion. Um, so he really torched the Steelers last time he played them. Um, and, you know, that wasn't that long ago. So it, aside from Fitzpatrick, it's pretty much the same uh, defense that he's facing um, as far as the secondary goes. So um, if he can put up another big performance, I would recommend trying to trade him high uh, because I don't know that he's going to you know be great. He plays Tennessee and Chicago the, the following two weeks. You know it's not how it works, right? You don't have two bad performances and then trade someone high. No, no, no. Two bad performances, <laughs> one really good one, and then trade him. Oh, Once he yeah. looks like he's bounced back, then you get, you know. Well, I think I think the, the Chargers need some help. They need Melvin Gordon to, to step up, and they need Hunter Henry to come back. So uh, those things might all happen in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Keenan Allen, he was drafted as the number one, uh, as a WR1. I don't know that you can rely on him being a WR1 every week right now. Huh. Um, so you got Marquise Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. Week three in Kansas City, he put up 4.9. You're taking these trends even more seriously than I do this week, I think. <laughs> week four against Cleveland, he had 2.2. Uh, week five against Pittsburgh, he did have 8.2, but that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is kind of the garbage touchdown uh, disclaimer where um, he only had two catches for 22 yards but did have a touchdown. Um, so he hasn't been consistent at all since exploding after week one. Uh, his targets have gone down. They went from 9 to 7 to 3 over the last three weeks. Uh, the Ravens are running the ball more. They ran 40 uh, times last week. They're well over 30 carries in the last three games, each of the last three games. Um, so Brown's yardage has gone down. He had 49 yards in week three, and then 22, and 22 again last week. Um, so the Ravens play Cincinnati, who's given up a ton of points to running backs. I think that that will probably continue as the Ravens love to run the ball. Um, then they play Seattle and New England. New England has an amazing secondary. I don't think that you can be starting Marquise Brown right now. Uh, where do you have him ranked, Dave? Do you remember? I do have your rankings up if you don't remember. Uh, what what kind of scoring? Uh, well, all those stats I give you, all the stats I've been giving are standard scoring. I see him at 26 on your standard list. Yeah. So uh, Ravens run the ball, and it was great that Marquise Brown kind of broke out in his first game. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that they weren't really scheming against Marquise Brown. They were scheming against the Ravens' offensive last year. 
Uh, and that is still who they are. They just took advantage of the fact that nobody was guarding them. I think so. they took advantage of the fact that they were playing Miami. Well, that's <laughs> that's true as well. Miami was the, one of the few cases of we know they're tanking going into the season. Well, they'll, when they'll they be, start, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. There'll be a few games where people are stacking the box and Marquise Brown breaks out and they get another big, long touchdown. Uh, I mean, that's who he is, right? But I just don't think that Marquise Brown is going to have uh, any consistent large point fantasy production on a team that generally runs the ball more than anything else and looks to be, we're talking about trends, just as you mentioned, trending more towards that offensive uh, of last year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another guy who I uh, noticed is Greg Olson. So Olson is definitely... um, you know, going in the wrong direction. Week three at Arizona, he had 19.5. Uh, week four at Houston, he had 0.5. Week five, he had 0.0. Um, so Kyle Allen has been the starter for all three of those games. He did throw four touchdowns in week three, and that is where Olsen went off. But that was in Arizona. And as we've said before, and we will say again, Arizona is terrible defending the tight end. They're giving up an absurd amount of points to opposing tight ends this year. Um, so that is kind of a... Um, you know, an aberration, if you will. Uh, Olsen's become sort of an afterthought in the offense because of uh, Mr. Run CMC, Christian McCaffrey. So Olsen's got seven, then four, then two targets in the last three weeks. And it is the Christian McCaffrey show, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if they keep winning, I don't even know if Cam Newton is going to be coming back. What Ab- do you think about that? Absolutely. You think Kyle Allen? Yeah. I mean, Kyle Allen's playing well. This isn't like a Gardner Minshew no, uh, I mean, situation. No, I, I mean, Cam Newton will absolutely come back. Oh, interesting. I, I don't think Kyle Allen is playing well. Okay. Well, he's winning, and that's what Cam Newton was not doing. Carolina is winning. That's correct. <laughs> and, I mean, Cam Newton had a, a Liz Frank injury of the foot, which is and just a horrible thing for Cam Newton. Um, but I, I'm surprised you say that because that's how – I guess maybe because that's what people thought when Kyle Allen played his first game. And that was like, you know, that, that week where all the rookies did really well. But Kyle Allen since then has certainly not been impressing people. Uh, he's just been allowing them to win the games, is how I would put it. I see, I see. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely not dumping Greg Olson yet. But I, I don't want to start him right now, and I would find a replacement for him if I were you. So, I don't want to start him this week. Uh, and then he has a bye next week. He, week 8, he goes to San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco has given up a little over three points per game to opposing tight ends. So that is not a matchup that anyone is going to like. Um, so if you can get some interest in Greg Olson on the trade market, I would say go for it. But as you said earlier, you don't sell a guy high after he's played two bad games. Uh, yeah. So maybe people are interested in him because he's a name, because it's tough to get a tight end. Um, but you're not going to get the best value for him right now. Well, and we'll talk about Cam in a second, but um, it's it's not like he, uh, Kyle Allen, is is just throwing to other tight ends, etc. He's just not throwing to the tight end at all. Quarterbacks are, are different in what they like and what their looks are and progressions are, yeah. and he's just not throwing to the tight end position. So I do expect for Cam Newton to resume uh, his starting role, and as such, uh, Greg Olson to resume his uh, his top 10 tight end role. So you think that he'll be fine once Cam Newton comes back? Uh-huh. All right. I guess that's the difference in the evaluation there is I don't know that Cam Newton is coming back. I just think that, you know, it's the kind of situation where, uh, you know, 
Ron Rivera is kind of an old school coach. I know Cam Newton's his guy, but if they're winning games, they may find a reason to keep Cam Newton off the field. You know, he hasn't turned the ball over yet, really. Um, you know, he's fumbling a little bit, but I think he's recovering all those. He hasn't thrown any interceptions. He's got five touchdowns. Kyle Allen's the backup quarterback. Until someone tells me that that's not the case. Cam <laughs> Newton comes back after the bye. All right, fair enough. <laughs> all right, here we go. He's got a crush on Kyle Allen over here. <laughs> like I said, it's not getting Minshew mania. Not even close. Okay, but uh, speaking of of some of those injuries and some of those people that are coming back or may have had some issues just this past week, uh, we will go over some of those guys. And first guy on my list is is Sam Darnold. Um, obviously, we talked about him a couple weeks ago when he came down with mono. Um, the Jets face up against Dallas this week, and they badly need their starting quarterback to return after being out for most of the season so far. With the disease much more at home in high school musical than the NFL. That said, uh, mononucleosis has the nasty side effect of enlarging the spleen, which could elevate the possibility of it rupturing when Ugh. hit by gigantic men rushing through the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and it looks like Darnold will play this week. He is cleared to play, which gives a much-needed boost to receivers Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder. And the possible debut of tight end Chris Herndon after a four-game suspension was served. If some of you don't remember Chris Herndon, he was uh, a player last year that no one had heard of and came on to be a very prolific tight end in the passing game under Sam. But that looks doubtful now after Herndon, with a hamstring injury, didn't practice today. Uh, That's Wednesday, of course. All of that said, the Cowboys have been one of the best teams defensively against quarterbacks this year, allowing only 11.95 points per game to the position on average. So it looks like waiting a week to gauge where Darnold and the Jets' offense are at would be the smart decision right now. I do like that he's coming back. Yeah, uh, I can't I, wait. I love Jamison Crowder. When I look at rankings and things like that, it's funny how far he's fallen because with with Darnold, he's a guy who's getting 10 targets or, or more per game. Without Darnold, with uh, any of the, the couple quarterbacks that they've had so far out there, they just are, are unable to perform at a high level. And it makes everybody bad, except maybe for LaShawn McCoy. I'm sorry, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. But even Le'Veon Bell is suffering because... Who is young LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> yeah. But even Le'Veon Bell is suffering, right? Because if you don't have those passing options and Robbie Anderson isn't getting those long passing plays while Jameson Crowder soaks up some of the stuff in the interim, then Le'Veon Bell is going to be uh, pretty stacked. Uh, almost every snap. Yeah, I figure with Darnold back, maybe not right away, but Le'Veon Bell is due for uh, a nice big breakout game. Yep. You know, he's had a lot of catches. He's got 27 receptions already this year. Well, you'll probably see a lot of, of running as Darnold is coming back here and remember that he wasn't allowed really to work out or practice or anything for those five weeks when he was resting. So he's not going to be as as big as he was, etc. He's going to have to take a couple weeks to build back up to conditioning. So they'll probably want to run the ball, get the defense away from Darnold, uh, try to eliminate the possibility of those uh, pass rushes getting to him. 
So I'm I'm thinking quicker passes, uh, more of a Crowder and Bell game here against the Cowboys. And remember that Cowboys stat of the quarterbacks for fantasy points against, they're really not allowing uh, anybody to have big games against them. Oh, yeah, I expect the Cowboys to dismantle the Jets. The Cowboys play well against bad teams and poorly against good teams. But the Jets aren't that bad of a team. In fact, they were poised for a really good year this year. They just got all fucked up, you know? You're, you're totally right. I think that some people in the offseason were picking them to make the playoffs as a wild card. Um, It'll be so, tough to do it now, though. <laughs> yeah, really tough to do it from their position. So, uh, you know, I don't think that this is the week where Sam Darnold is able to bounce back super quickly or anything yeah like we that. agree so wait a week see how they're doing um but but there is a possibility of picking up these guys for example this week in anticipation of them doing well remember it is the best possible reality to pick up someone before they have a good game so they've played against a whole bunch of crap this year the cowboys have who do you think is the best fantasy quarterback that's played against them I don't have the schedule in front of me. It was Case Keenum who put up 16.74 points. There you go. (laughs) Well, a a weak um, Sam Darnold is not so much better than Case Keenum at the moment. Yeah, you got a point. I mean, I think he's better, but (laughs) not so much better. Uh, Mason Rudolph, concussion. A stunningly hard hit on Rudolph. Knocked him out cold last week, and uh, we saw that game. It was pretty rough. The Steelers will rest him through week six. Choosing to start Devlin Hodges instead with Jalen Samuel and uh, James Washington also sidelined for that game against the Chargers in Week 6. We're looking at a rough start at best for Hodges, though it's certainly possible that James Conner has a big game. They will definitely be focusing on Conner and trying to get that run game going in order to give the quarterback some room. Hodges did show some things uh, in the last game, and he was allowed to chuck the ball downfield a little bit, something that I was not to go too far off track but disappointed in the coaching staff about um, Mason Rudolph is that if you know Mason Rudolph from college he was known uh, as a chucker as someone who threw it downfield all the time yeah but the Steelers uh, offensive coaching staff were trying to eliminate that from him and just make him throw little short passes behind or at the line of scrimmage very conservative right which is usual when you bring a guy in but uh, you and I both think that you should really just go ahead and play to their strengths when they're subbing in. Yeah, but but now I, I feel like they they have to kind of throw caution to the wind to try to win some of these games. And and Hodges may be this third-string quarterback, etc. But the Steelers do still have playmakers. I wouldn't be surprised if either Deontay or Juju has a big game here. But it's difficult to bet on one of them this particular week. Um, with this particular cast of characters, so I want to know: Has Rudolph been ruled out officially this week? No, I mean he's actually like doing light practice. I kind of hope he doesn't play, based on what we saw last week, where you know well, they, they had to take his mask off so they could get him oxygen. Yeah, they want to have him for the rest of the year, so they're probably just going to relax a little bit on it. But he <clears> technically <throat> could play. He was in the concussion protocol. I don't know that he's cleared it, but he's still running on the field, etc. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's a possibility because I don't think they have a third quarterback on the roster at the moment. Paxton Lynch. Do they have they moved him up from the practice squad yet? Yeah. Okay. So the backup for Hodges, if uh, Rudolph is not cleared, is Paxton Lynch, which is pretty funny. Uh, the first round draft pick, you know, backing up this guy that was undrafted. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple of years ago, Paxton Lynch How was a first-round draft pick. Yeah, um, But I don't want Paxton Lynch to start. I mean, let's get out of this uh, cavalcade of quarterbacks and, and move back to having one guy 
who is so much easier to predict, right? If if we can have one quarterback for more than two games, that would be great. <laughs> um, Cam Newton, we were just talking about him with a foot injury. Kyle Allen started off great when he was forced to fill in for Newton earlier this year, but his production has gone down the tubes from that game. And Jason mentioned, you know, that they have been winning games. They have. The defense has stepped up. McCaffrey is playing out of his mind. So there are reasons that they're doing okay. However, uh, Newton was, it seemed like he was doing better. He was in a walking boot. Now he's out of the boot. And uh, all the bo- the beat reporters and everything, I was going to say boot reporters. The, <laughs> boot to the head reporters. The beat reporters that I'm hearing say he's likely to resume his starting gig under center for the Panthers after the week seven bye. So not go to London. It should still be Allen. But with two more weeks and him out of a boot, if he actually has um, uh, healed from this foot injury, then we might actually see Cam Newton that is able to get those fourth and ones and rush in for a touchdown. I, I think that this team must have known that something was going on beforehand. When when that guy is, is not doing those things on a regular basis, then you don't have your guy. Um, as far as Newton goes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what... I don't know why he was playing. You know, he really injured his shoulder last year too and because of that he stressed other parts of his body and he got the foot injury drew Brees with a thumb Brees has been throwing already looks to be on schedule for a return shortly bridgewater had a big game last week he threw for 314 yards and four touchdowns but he's not going to get in the way of drew bruce uh true breeze <laughs> suiting back up for the big gig that's definitely one we can agree on Meanwhile, well, you're, you're wrong about the other one, but hey, that's that's just me. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Meanwhile, the Saints defense has been coming up with all sorts of key stops to win games. They don't necessarily have a, a, a very good amount of yardage um, that they've kept teams to. Uh, they're they're one of the worst teams in the in the NFL at allowing yardage. In fact, however, uh, the the interceptions and uh, forced fumbles and been doing have been remarkable. And that has caused them to win a lot of these games that they otherwise wouldn't with Bridgewater, who is basically an average to slightly above average quarterback. But Teddy Bridgewater is winning all the games. Shouldn't he keep starting? <laughs> I mean, look, root for the underdog if you want, man. But you, the big name's going to keep coming back until they can't come back again. Obviously, I'm being facetious on, the, uh, facetious <laughs> on the last one. But I suspect if Kyle Allen doesn't, if Kyle Allen starts the whole year because they want him to play over Cam Newton, I think we won't know that. Why are we still talking about Kyle Allen? I don't know. Why do you why do you want him to start so badly? I just had another point. <laughs> I just don't want Cam Newton to start because I think he's still bad right now. He's gonna start. All right. Look, if you if you it's have, unfortunate for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I don't agree. If you if you have a fractured foot and then you actually heal that foot, like you should be much better coming back. They they, they had several weeks where you know he he wasn't playing and healing up. If Cam Newton goes back in and is horrible. Then I could see Kyle Allen coming back in as the starter, but they'd have to bench Newton. Oh, they won't bench Newton. Well, this is my That's point. That's why I think it's going to be some injury BS instead. I, I disagree. And we wouldn't actually know if I'm right. Well, I'm just trying to uh, hedge my bets here, Dave. Give oops. me a break. <laughs> you know, a little hedging here. On the road again. What's your bet? Just can't wait to get on the road again. Do you have like a year-long bet against Newton? It's just what comes out of my mouth. music with my friends. So there are two parts to this week's clue. You may be able to figure it out uh, without both parts. And if you can get both of them, then we will uh, give you a slightly better prize, I suppose. All right. Sounds great. So, you know, you can email Jason at Drink5 or Dave at Drink5.com. 
and uh, let us know what you think. You can DM us on Twitter, uh, or I assume Facebook has that capability. I'm just being a snob now. <laughs> sure, all, all social channels have the ability to message. This is a, this is a. a the internet's a wonderful thing. Yes. Um, looking at running backs, Saquon Barkley with an ankle. Right, Barkley is out for Week Six against the Patriots, and Wayne Goldman has a concussion. Evan Engram has a knee injury, and Sterling Shepard has a concussion. Well, they'll also be watching from the sidelines, so a little hurt on the Giants. Uh, you know, a team that, that definitely needed a little more hurt, right? Sure. John Hilleman and Elijah Penny will be the starting running backs for this game, which will only serve to pad the Patriots' record. Wide receiver Darius Slayton is a good speculative play in deep leagues. He's actually caught quite a few balls over the past couple of weeks, and there doesn't seem to be any reason why he wouldn't in this game as well. So if you're looking for someone who's only owned in uh, a fraction of leagues, uh, Darius Slayton is a, is a name to look at. Interesting thing about Saquon Barkley is that we, we kept mentioning how uh, he's coming back you know, uh, without much time uh, to get over this high ankle sprain. And it, it was surprising, right? We're like, he's going to come back next week. Like, he's going to come back next week. Well, he's still not back. He might not even be back the following week. It's not surprising to him. So it's been a lot of hype. He and, thought he was coming back quickly. And not a lot of, okay, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You know, Saquon said that in uh, freshman year of college, he had the same injury, and he only missed two games. Well, the thing about saying it's the same injury, and of course... I'm not taking anything away from these guys or how they diagnose things. Uh, it's their body. They understand how it works better than anybody else, except maybe doctors who probably understand how it works more than them. But uh, a high ankle sprain is anywhere between like two and eight weeks. So it depends completely on the severity of the injury. Yeah. He, he might be able to, for example, cut back and forth, but then not make other subtle movements with his ankle. And a guy like Saquon, I'm sure that the Giants want him to be 100%. Because he is literally the lifeblood of the organization for the next five years. Uh, at least, I mean, I hope for their sake. <laughs> well, who knows nowadays? He'll probably hold out and, uh, and and go to Honduras or something. It'll be the Daniel Jones-Saquon Barkley show yeah, he'll, until they start franchising him. He'll Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon it. Oh, um, boy. David Johnson with a back injury. Always good to play Atlanta especially this year, currently one of the league's most porous defenses. It would be a shame if David Johnson was an, unable to start in this one. Not only is Atlanta the, uh, I think I mentioned this later, but I think they're the worst defense in guarding against wide receivers, but that is also true about pass-catching running backs. If you have a pass-catching running back who's getting stuff in the backfield in space, if you give them the ball, you're almost guaranteed to get seven to eight yards every single time. <laughs> There's literally no reason why you should ever have a fourth down playing against the Atlanta Falcons because as long as you can throw it to a running back off to the side, they should be able to get you that first down. Yeah, we know Kyler can at least throw a screen pass. <laughs> or Matt Ryan can at least throw a screen pass. Yeah. Me. Watch the news this week to see if Johnson is able to practice. Otherwise, we'll see oh. Chase Edmonds fill in, and he would be a great spot start in this matchup for those with a bye week or injury issues. While it's not always the greatest to start someone who is a backup for a player, in this particular offense, they are involving the running back and the passing game a lot. They love those short passes in space that are running all kinds of audible routes. And um, whether it's David Johnson or Chase Edmonds, I guarantee that whoever's playing that position or the combination of those players will probably score 15 to 20 fantasy points easy. Yeah, David Johnson has 24 uh, receptions on the year already. 
That's a nice, uh, nice rate. And uh, Arizona is really stepping it up. Well, we're not really talking about Arizona that much. Maybe we will later. Um, but if you look at how Kyler Murray has done, he started to run. The offense has started to click a little bit more. The big problem with them is the red zone. They've had trouble scoring in the red zone. But Cliff Kingsbury has identified that and said that that's the thing they're working on every single practice. Red zone, red zone, red zone. Different plays, uh, new schemas. So we'll see how that works. Yeah, uh, hopefully David Johnson can get in. He's His minimum snap count this year is 60%. So he's one of those few every-down guys that uh, we'd like to see so much. That's absolutely 100%. And a couple games he's, he's sort of come out and come back in again from the back and another injury, I think a hamstring or something from a couple games ago. So that is probably artificially low based on a couple of these small injuries. Uh, Darren Sproles with a quad injury him going out will mean more touches for Miles Sanders and Corey Clement Jordan Howard has probably is becoming the lead back for the Eagles and a lot of people have a hard time grasping this situation especially Bears fans from the Chicago area looking at (laughs) Jordan Howard and saying well how could he be good why can he catch the ball all of a sudden is what they want to know you know the answer Um, almost all of the Chicago Bears players that are decent seem to do poorly in Chicago after a good start, move to another team, and excel. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Jordan Howard looks fast. He looks like he can break tackles. He looks like he can catch the ball in the backfield. He's scoring touchdowns. Uh, And Miles Sanders is the running back of the future there. But Jordan Howard is going to be the guy that gets all the carries this year. That's how it looks to me. Yeah, Jordan Howard has played great in the last few games. Um, And, you know, with a lot of tough passing matchups, I think that he'll keep seeing the ball a lot. Agreed. Uh, if if we can uh, segue one more time, we'll move on to wide receivers and tight ends. And uh, think about any other injuries that maybe I might not have mentioned. Uh, there was one running back really quick who uh, was injured, not injured, but he didn't play the rest of his game, and it was a close game, and that was Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so he had back spasms, and now he has to fly to London. Are you at all worried about Christian McCaffrey's availability or effectiveness against Tampa Bay? Uh, I think he's a superhero. Um, I know a, a lot of people. A lot of people are uh, picking up his his backup, etc. I don't think that he's going to have any problem starting because you know with the miracle drugs that are provided to these NFL players to inject you with cortisone, you know, lie you flat out and and get like uh, he can probably lay down on the airplane. I, I think he'll be okay. But you're right; it, it is definitely a concern. The thing about McCaffrey is. He had a game where he scored almost nothing, right? And then he had a game where he scored like 50 points. He's got either 20 points or nothing. And there's only one game, and the nothing was still like almost nine. So, yeah, <laughs> well, Christian see, McCaffrey is... I'm like, that's his low, I guess. Christian McCaffrey, so I actually had a few numbers on him from my column this week, uh, which economists call statistically insignificant. Um, Christian McCaffrey is currently on pace uh, to have 2,771 yards from scrimmage this season. Uh, he could do better. <laughs> He's already at 866 this year, um, and that is going to smash the record of 2509 set by Chris Johnson 10 years ago. Um, so he actually has more fantasy points than anybody in the league, 128.6 in standard scoring, uh, beating Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson. Um, so... The Buccaneers are the only team that did well against McCaffrey this year. You mentioned that he had uh, one poor game. It was the only game where he scored less than 23.9 points. 
Um, so I, I think that McCaffrey will be fine this week. It was just something that I had noticed because uh, that was a close game against the Jaguars at the end there, and he was not on the field. And you would think that despite all of the usage he got, he would still have seen uh, plenty of time on the field to help ice the game away. Yep. So, no pun intended. <laughs> or maybe I do. VIP. Let's kick it. I haven't heard that one in a while. No? And I was fine with it. <laughs> you could go without it. <laughs> well, I also didn't listen to any of Vanilla Ice's uh, subsequent metal uh, career. so I can't say that I was even aware that that was a thing. That's right. That's probably good for you. Uh, moving on to wide receivers and tight ends and all sorts of uh, people in reception land. We have Brandon Cooks, first to talk about, had a concussion last week. He went out early last week. I was watching the game. I had Cooks on one of my uh, eight teams or whatever I have, and uh, he wasn't getting a lot of receptions. They were passing the ball mostly to Cup, some of the other receivers on the team, of course, uh, the backfield. And uh, Cooks had a, a great reception, and it was on that play um, when he first got the reception, that uh, he kind of uh, took a quite a hit uh, and landed down on his helmet. So unfortunately, uh, place to land. He would be replaced with Josh Reynolds if he's unable to go this week. He did not practice uh, today, or I think he was limited actually in practice today. So again, another person to watch. Cooks is is always great, um, but they seem to be favoring Cup a little bit, and that might be, and just in my opinion, because Jared Goff. Um, just doesn't seem like uh, the same guy throwing downfield as much as he used to. Um, a lot of those, a lot of those more intermediate and, and shorter passes to uh, to Cooper Cup seems to be more comfortable for him. And as a golf owner yourself, um, do you own golf anymore? No longer do I own golf. <laughs> I'm happy to say that in the guillotine league, I was able to pick up Patrick Mahomes and I could get rid of golf. Patrick Mahomes is 13 times better than Jared, uh, than Jared Goff. On a bad day. That's right. Uh, when he gets his ankle stepped on, he's 13 times better. So you are definitely <laughs> onto something when you say that he's not throwing the ball downfield as much. His yards per attempt Good, I'm glad uh, I'm onto something. Per pass attempt are a full yard lower than uh, they were last year. And the adjusted yards gained per pass attempt, uh, which is a nice uh, sort of more meaningful stat that Pro Football Reference likes to throw out there, is two yards per attempt lower than it was last year. So he's definitely not um, as efficient with the ball. It's a lot more short passes. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And I hope that Cooks gets back into it. He is, uh, he's been a great receiver for a while. And he may suit up for this game, but, uh, again, the, the Rams... A lot of these teams want to be more conservative with the players that they've signed longer contracts to, um, so it wouldn't be surprising if they do hold him out. Um, I don't think he's had a lot of concussions in the NFL, if memory serves me correctly. Maybe maybe two concussions in this guy's uh, college and NFL career? Do you, I don't know. I don't know. You're like, there's a concussion database. NFLconcussiondatabase.com? No? There probably is, right? <laughs> it's fine. Uh, Christian Kirk with an ankle out last week as well. It would be a great matchup against the Falcons to come back to. We talked about David Johnson earlier. Oh, now I'm depressed, Dave. Why? Because there's a Wikipedia entry for list of NFL players with chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Well, I don't know why that's depressing you. 
He was limited in practice today, but he still has time to be considered healthy enough to be full tilt against a Falcons passing defense, giving up 38.2 fantasy points, which is the most in the NFL per game to wide receivers. So who do we want to play against? Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely. (laughs) If Christian Kirk is able to come back, he'll have a ton, but guess who's going to have all those passes if Christian Kirk is not able to come back? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. So the Falcons have given up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different uh, double-digit players in ten games. Wow. Yeah. And that's standard scoring. That's not PPR. In PPR, that number probably goes to ten. Well, not a good team. Not a good team defensively and certainly uh, need a little work offensively as well. Marquise Brown with an ankle. Uh, we talked about him a little earlier. He played less than half of the Ravens' snaps last week, but word from the team's practice today was that Brown should be fine to suit up against the Bengals. But if it wasn't for a touchdown last week against the Steelers, he would only have had less than 40 yards receiving in the last two weeks. So rough sledding for Marquise. We talked about him. I don't think that they're trending towards a higher passing uh, offense, They're, the volume is going to go to the run. We know that. Unless things open up on the passing lanes or someone gets incredibly open, the progressions for the quarterback are already going to be going to tight ends and running backs. I feel like Willie Sneed is getting a lot of the attention there. Maybe not. I don't. I mean, is anyone getting more than five targets a game? Uh, Maybe just Mark Andrews, I guess? I don't know. I'm certainly not a connoisseur of the Ratbirds. Uh, you know, I'd never heard that nickname until you guys were shouting it this weekend at the Ratbirds. And, uh, you know, that's interesting. So Lamar Jackson only uh, attempted 28 passes last week. Um, you know, that's the second lowest of the season. And, you know, it's just going down. 43, then 34, and then 28 you know, you in have, the last three weeks. You have success running it, then they're going to go back to it because it's less taxing on the offense. And uh, let's be honest, Lamar Jackson still has not shown us he can consistently do that. Yeah, and he runs. he's running the ball a lot this year. He already has 50 carries. Tyreek Hill with a shoulder. We talked about him earlier, too. Andy Reid is hinting toward a game-time decision, and Watkins with a hamstring may also miss Week 6. I'm looking at Tyreek starting around uh, 50 or 60%, in my opinion, and Watkins around the same. That's why Byron Pringle is a thing. Byron Pringle. <laughs> he's going to get a chip deal. He, he registered 103 yards and a touchdown last week against the Colts. But honestly, it's all a toss-up as to which wide receiver is valuable if Tyreek Hill is not playing, where Mahomes tends to have a lot of chemistry with Hill and make him more of a consistent deep threat. He will with the other players like Hardman and Robinson and Watkins and Pringle and anybody else uh, make a superstar out of someone on any given Sunday. Philip Dorsett with a hamstring. Looks like he may miss Thursday night's game, which would mean that preseason standout Jacoby Myers could ring up some points against the Giants. If Dorsett does not play, you must play Jacoby Myers. That is my opinion. Interesting. Man, I should have busted out the uh, Bring Out Your Dead sound clip for this. You've got a lot of injured running or wide receivers. There are a lot more wide receivers than, than running backs this particular week. Um, so you really like Jacoby Myers this week? Yeah. I mean, I know that Josh Gordon hasn't been very good this year. Um, is this like a game where Bill Belichick just wants to smash the Giants because he doesn't play them much and he hates the fact that they beat him in the Super Bowl twice? Well, when does Bill Belichick not want to smash the team he's playing, one? And two, even if they are winning by 30, they're still going to throw the ball for a touchdown because they're Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So 
it, it doesn't matter in that aspect. What what does matter is that Josh Gordon has, I think, been covered a little bit better than he has in the past. Yeah. And Julian Edelman's been a little injured. Um, so if you have a third guy that, that comes in outside of what is a great tandem of Sony Michelle and James White, especially with Burkhead out, then Jacoby Myers could be awesome because, well, because Tom Brady is always looking for that guy who is being covered by the worst defensive backs. Yeah, that's that's true. They always they're very good at exploiting the weakness. So um, I need to know: Does Bill Belichick make Tom Brady kiss him open mouth on the lips whenever he asks permission for something? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not getting into that. But 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 odds are fifty uh, percent. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Jackson with an abdomen. We mentioned him a little bit earlier too. Still out since week one. Some fantasy owners are still waiting patiently for Jackson to get back in the game. To put up an encore effort to his eight receptions for 154 yards and two touchdowns in the first game. Oh, of it looks so promising. And then in the middle of the week, it was. Are you out. a Deshaun Jackson owner? I have Deshaun Jackson on a team. Okay. Um, and that team could use a Deshaun Jackson who puts up 158 yards and two touchdowns. Is that a redraft team or a dynasty team or a keeper team? I think it's a keeper team. So I didn't keep him. I wouldn't keep him this year. Um, but, you know, the team's got a strong base because of the keepers. Well, the reason they have Deshaun Jackson, of course, is to separate the defense and have a deep threat. And Wentz could also use some help from that speedy veteran receiver. From what I've heard, again, from beat reporters, it looks like he'll be back in uh, a week or two. But he's still week to week, which is just a sneaky way of telling us they have no idea. They only have five wide receivers on the roster. <laughs> you know, it looks like they carry even like more players on defense than they do uh, on offense, and you know they they only have four wide receivers to choose from with Deshaun Jackson not playing. Well, they could enter what might be the AJ Green lottery and just draft an AJ Green to win a Super Bowl, or trade for an AJ Green, I suppose. I, I mean, to be trade, specific trade, yeah. Uh, Michael Gallup, Terry McLaurin, and Dee Westbrook—they're all back from injury and playable once more. Uh, I see no problem with playing any of them. It looks like Case Keenum may be the leader uh, for the uh, for the starting race because he's come back from his injury. Yeah. And I would rather have Case Keenum throwing Terry the ball than Colt McCoy because he's been proven to throw him touchdowns. I totally agree. So that would be good from a fantasy perspective. Michael Gallup has been awesome. Michael Gallup uh, is just killing it on, on Dallas. And for some reason, Dak Prescott, a guy who I really didn't think had the juice is really doing well this year with the exception, I think, of maybe one game or two. But Gallup was out for a little bit there. Coming back is going to add a lot of uh, of of variability to the uh, Dallas offense, whereas before it was just Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott, and that's all you really got because Jason Witten is really old and not exciting to talk to. He's not exciting at all. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at tight ends, we have TJ Hawkinson concussion. Doesn't look like he'll be gracing us with his presence this week as the Lions rest the rookie for one more week. He had a horrible, horrible uh, play on field where it looked like he crushed his shoulder and got knocked out at the same time. Yeah, and he plays on Monday night. If he does end up playing, you can't wait for that. You need to make other plans Mm -hmm. uh, on Sunday. Hunter Henry with the knee, finally back in the fold. He was a limited participant in practice today. Should be starting again soon, if not this week, for the Chargers. And like we mentioned earlier as well, they've been in need of another big red zone target. And he's just a ticket there. If the Chargers can get Mike Williams and Hunter Henry uh, healthy, along with their other receivers and Melvin Gordon running behind in the backfield, then they can they can really step it up here. The first couple weeks uh, looked okay. The last couple weeks, not so much. 
you were talking about Keenan Allen earlier in the podcast and how he's been trending down. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, well, the defense can just, you know, mask him and there's not a lot of other targets out there. Right. So you're totally right when Hunter Henry and Melvin Gordon are sort of, you know, back on the saddle then uh, Keenan Allen can spread his wings. There you go. I'm going to mix my metaphors a little bit here, <laughs> if you don't mind. I won't prosecute. So every week we like to look at uh, some matchups that you can exploit. Um, so I, I've got more than three this week, but it's because I found a couple good ones and a couple okay ones. So anyways, uh, the first one is a game that we've actually mentioned a bunch today, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But as the Arizona um, Falcons are host... All right, let me get this straight. The Atlanta Falcons are going to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Um, so I think this could be one of the highest scoring games of the week because both uh, passing offenses are going to benefit from lots of work and a little resistance from the opposing defenses. Um, so the Falcons are giving up the second most points to opposing quarterbacks and the Cardinals are giving up the fourth most. So they're both just like, you know, letting other team, letting other opposing quarterbacks light them up. Um, both teams also like throwing the ball a lot. The Falcons have the most pass attempts in the league. The Cardinals have the fourth most pass attempts in the league. Um, so they are respectable when it comes to points given up to opposing running backs. Uh, the Cardinals have given up the 10th fewest and the Falcons the ninth fewest. So like I think, like I said, you know, they're going to be, um, throwing the ball an awful lot. The Falcons are giving up the most points to opposing wide receivers, as you mentioned earlier, Dave, uh, which is a really absurd amount of points overall, and that is boosted by Will Fuller's game last week. Mm -hmm. um, but the Cardinals are middle of the pack, but the Cardinals haven't had to face uh, guys like Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley yet, um, so I, I think that this is going to be, you know, just both teams airing it out. They're in a dome. It's good weather. Um, finally, you know, the one suggestion that I've had every week for the last few weeks is start the tight end who is playing the Cardinals. And this happens to be a good tight end. Austin Hooper has been pretty good this year. Um, I fire him up. The Cardinals are giving up the most points to opposing tight ends, and, and it's not even close. So uh, the Cardinals, on average, to the opposing team are giving up 16.42 points per game. And, uh, you know, the next closest team is 12.5, which is Tampa Bay. And, and that has a lot to do with, I think, Greg Olson's game. <laughs> so um, I like both offenses in this uh, in this game. Is there anyone on the Cardinals who you're starting past Larry Fitzgerald and um, David Johnson? I mean, I guess maybe um, Christian Kirk if he's healthy. On Okay, so so on, on the, the Cardinals against the Falcons, I think I would literally start anyone that's on the team that is starting and um and i guess that that would mean Keyshawn johnson might have a big game uh if kirk comes back andy isabella doesn't play because they play the same position um but Keyshawn johnson might have a big game because of all the holes in the secondary uh whether it's david johnson or chase edmonds either of those guys obviously larry fitzgerald 
Um, I'm not going to start a tight end because because Arizona just doesn't know what tight ends are defensively or offensively. They're not sure. Yeah. Um, so I would start anyone who has a reasonable opportunity to score fantasy points. So um, Keyshawn <laughs> Johnson has 26 targets already on the season. Yeah. And if he is like the guy starting opposite Larry Fitzgerald, that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy who is probably not owned in hardly any leagues, and he might end up with the 120 and a touchdown. That's the kind of player that you want to identify for your team right now. It would definitely like I, be his breakout game. Like I said, it's uh, it's 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 golden to pick the player before they actually do the thing. And we literally are walking into a perfect scenario for Arizona to pass the ball all over the field. You know Arizona passes the ball more than anyone in the NFL. So who's, who fourth should you most. play? They pass the ball the fourth most. Well, who should you <laughs> the play? The Falcons play the pass it the most. Any That's wide great. receiver. So what about Demir Bird? Demir? He, uh, he was also injured, and so uh, he's, he's someone to look at uh, this week. He practiced today for the first time in two weeks. But, you know, pay attention to injury reports late in the week. See if guys practice on Fridays. Uh, this is a later start game, so you have to uh, have contingency plans available if you're planning on a guy like Christian Kirk or Bird. Um, well, know. it's it's what we talked about. Um, those guys were not, are not expected to play necessarily, but if they do, they move down the other people. So then you wouldn't have the Keyshawn Johnson game necessarily. You know, you wouldn't have the opportunities for Demir Bird um, if – if you've got Fitzgerald and and, um, and, Kirk. and Kirk. Absolutely. Yeah, if you get Kirk, then you go with Kirk um, if he's starting. So the New Orleans Saints are going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. So recently the Jaguars gave up a 23-point game to none other than Joe Flacco, who I promised to stop talking about. And that's the last time you'll hear his name tonight. <laughs> so uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I feel, has a decent shot at a f- good follow-up game. Uh, last week he scored four touchdowns. So that you really like all day. these fill-in quarterbacks, I think. It's just an obsession. There's a whole lot of them to choose from. <laughs> but really what it's all about, Dave, is Minshew Mania. Minshew Mania. Uh, the Saints have given up the third most points to opposing <laughs> te- quarterbacks. They have gotten better in the last few weeks. You've been saying that, and you're right. Um, but they did start off pretty shaky, and Minshew has a very high floor. He's a pretty good streaming option, I believe, Dave, that he made your top ten this week. Is Am I right? I don't remember, but I've got it right here. Number ten, Gardner yeah. Minshew. Well, that's that's a top ten quarterback. That's right plus there. five above the ECR. I and I, I agree with. I you. have lifted him up. Yes, I've lifted him up towards the heavens. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so uh, he has a very high floor. One of the other uh, entries I had in my uh, column this week, thanks to Dave for tipping me off to this stat, was that there are three quarterbacks this year who have a floor of at least sixteen points. One of them is Patrick Mahomes, of course. One of them is Kyler Murray, but he runs a lot, so that makes sense. And the other one is Gardner Minshew, because he's going to be a friggin' Hall of Famer, guys. You heard it here. Not first, because I'm sure other people have been saying it. This obsession but has, I said it. has to stop. It's Gardner Minshew mania. I do think that if Gardner Minshew doesn't get injured or have a series of bad games, that they'll just have him as the starter, because so something weird about Jacksonville and these quarterbacks that become like cult heroes... 
So uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that The Good Place has a surprise season five, even though they've said they won't, in order to, to introduce Gardner Minshew to one of the main characters. They could always just like reshoot a scene in a later episode. They might. Just to drop it in there. They might have to do that. Yeah, yeah I really hope that they do, because <laughs> you know that Jason would love Gardner Minshew. Even just wearing a Minshew Mania t-shirt or something would be enough. <laughs> That'd be enough. Just special thanks to Gardner Minshew in the credits at the end. Oh, that's right. Um, so... Uh, I, I like him as a streamer basically any week right now, this week especially. Um, so Jacksonville has kept a lot of the wide receivers in check, aside from Cammy, Sammy Watkins in week one. So I would limit my starts on the Saints to Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, who we have said a bunch. Now the Jags gave up 55 points to opposing running backs last week because they played Christian McCaffrey and his backup even scored 14 points. Um, so I, I think that um, you know the Saints are going to have no trouble uh, running the ball this week and at least moving it up and down the field. Um, so the Saints defense does continue to give up big games to opposing wide receivers. Uh, just last week they gave up a big game to uh, Chris Godwin. So the guy I really like on the Jaguars is DJ Shark, who – Chark? Is it is it a hard ch? I think so. Okay. So DJ Chark, um, he's the breakout player of the season right now as far as, like, undrafted guys go. Um so the Saints have given up at least three 20-point games in standard scoring. Uh, Chark has five touchdowns over the course of five games. I think he had two last week. So it's not one every game, but that's his average anyways. Um, so I think that that's going to continue this week. I think Minshew and Chark uh, are able to hook up. And um, I, I like, uh, you know, of the reasonable starts in this game, I like uh, all of their potentials. So is there anyone else? Uh, do you like, like, D.D. Westbrook? Or Marquise Lee on the uh, Jaguars, or maybe a Ted Ginn Jr. on the Saints, Jared Cook? Um, well, Cook has shown signs of life, but without Drew Brees back, I don't think that he'll become a, any kind of standout tight end. But he did do well last week with a touchdown. That was nice for Cook owners or those people who might need to pick somebody up that want a spark of inspiration. Um, I do think that when Brees comes Send a back... Send message to your team. I think when Breeze comes back that they'll uh, that they'll continue to use him the way that they started off the season using him. So uh, I, I wouldn't suggest anyone else in particular. Didi Westbrook uh, is a guy that has just come back from injury and had issues this season, hasn't looked that great, has dropped some passes. Um, so I wouldn't trust him unless you absolutely have to. All right. So uh, one of the honorable mention games is going to be the Texans at the Chiefs. Uh, I only honorably mention this one because it feels more obvious than the others. Um the players going in this game are all pretty obvious starters as far as the Chiefs go. You've got Kelsey and Mahomes, Hill if he's starting, Watkins uh, if he's starting and Hill is not. Um, and for the Texans, obviously you're starting Watson, you're starting um, uh, Hopkins. And do you like Carlos Hyde right now? Carlos Hyde. He's slightly trending up. Will Fuller. But he's not really doing a lot yet, which is why I didn't want to bring him up earlier. All them guys. But yes, I would start Will Fuller as well. Uh, hopefully you started him last week for major pointage. Um, so both teams are in the top 10, giving up points to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, the Texans give up the ninth most points to opposing wide receivers. And with Tyreek Hill coming back, possibly, um, you know, this is not good for Houston. Uh, the Chiefs have given up their big, their share of big wide receiver games. Last couple of opponents have been running the ball a lot. So the Chiefs are kind of in the middle of the pack when it comes to uh, points to opposing wide receivers. But don't let them fool you. They are not great in the secondary. 
So I like Will Fuller this week coming off a huge game. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to get back to his usual self. His last four games have all been in single digits. No touchdowns, no 100-yard games. Um, you know, aside from the big week one, DeAndre Hopkins has been pretty quiet. Um, I think that, you know, he's not the kind of guy to be a squeaky wheel like we saw with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen to a lesser extent in Minnesota. But I think nonetheless, you're going to see Deshaun Watson sort of focusing more on uh, DeAndre Hopkins this week. Fine with me. Yeah, and then you've got Seattle Seahawks going to Cleveland. Um, I do concede that I lost the bet last week, Dave, that we made. Horribly. Uh, all my B teams, <laughs> the Browns and the Bucks and the, the Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens, yeah. uh, only put up 53 points after scoring 50 points on Sunday. So that was a bit frustrating for Monday night, but I just watched something other than the game because <laughs> it was not – once Matt Breda took the first play from scrimmage – uh, I had a yards feeling. For a touchdown. I had a feeling you would just turn it off and like uh, tune out for a while. I kept it, you know, <laughs> I kept it on a third screen, and I was just watching like, TV shows. I, I have a feeling you're going to tell me that the Browns are still good, though. I was glancing over <laughs> and just hoping that I would see the a, a double digit number next to the Browns, but that never happened. Are you about to tell us that the Browns are good, though? I'm about to tell you that they had their worst loss in years don't, on Monday. Don't do it. Don't do it. But to they're yourself. going to play well at home. Don't Dave. do. Why would they you? They're going to play well at home. Oh. Oh my goodness. The Seattle defense is not very good this year. Both teams are going to be able to move the ball. I'm not saying the Browns even have a chance at winning this game, but I'm saying that the fantasy guys in Odell and Chubb are fine. I like how you're talking yourself into this one. So start the usual players from the teams. <laughs> uh, don't be sold on past performance either way. Don't think that because Russell Wilson is amazing that he's going to continue just being lights out incredible, but he will play well. Um, but they may run the ball a lot because they're on, uh, um, what you call it, because they're on the road, because they're in Eastern time zone, because they're going to be tired, because it's three hours ahead of them. I don't know. There's all kinds of little factors when it comes to traveling in the NFL. <laughs> so I, I'll just let myself, uh, you know, I'll show myself out after once again pumping up the Browns a little bit. Yeah, Browns. And I'll be, you know, properly <laughs> disappointed when they don't do anything. <laughs> Cleveland rocks. Oh, <laughs> this song is for the other guy in the game, for the guy who's not in Cleveland. And that is the final clue I'll give you tonight for the musical theme. So remember to let us know if you picked out the theme, um, and uh, we'll send for you sure. something. Please, please do let us now, know. Dave's gonna help us with some housekeeping, I think. Housekeeping, yeah. Yes. Um, okay, so housekeeping. A couple, a couple of weeks ago, or last week, I don't know. I, I don't remember who remembers the passing of time anymore. I don't remember. Um, Has I, any time passed? I had mentioned uh, a couple of guys that you should cut, and one of them was Baker Mayfield. I'm going to mention it again because apparently it didn't get through anybody's <laughs> head because it's 80, he's 88 percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Somehow I don't understand it, but people still think that Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. Even though the forces of, of nature are railing against you, you just continue to crawl forward in that direction. It's so. because everyone saw a guy finally get lead the Browns to a win last year, and they were like, oh, he must be good. No, the Browns Because they're terrible. The Browns are a horrible structure fire. Oh, man. So, Baker Mayfield... They're a 100-year-old Masonic temple on fire. Baker Mayfield... Is uh, is twenty eighth in in quarterback fantasy production this season? Twenty eighth, and on a on a per game basis, that rank actually drops to thirty three. 
which puts him behind players who are <laughs> are on the waiver wire like Case Keenum and Mason Rudolph. Oh man, thirty three. There's only thirty two teams, Dave. That math doesn't check out. It does though, because oh. because there are some players not playing currently that still scored more points than him over the like year. Like Mitchell Trubisky. So. <laughs> Baker Mayfield um, is below the Mitchell Trubisky line, isn't he? His next five weeks are against the Seahawks. There's a bye week. And then he plays the Patriots and the Broncos and the Bills. A stretch of three games against teams allowing bottom four fantasy production to opposing quarterbacks. So if it wasn't bad enough, he's going up against soon one of uh, a trio of, of the most horrible uh, teams for a fantasy quarterback to go up against. So congratulations, Mayfield owners. You have just screwed yourself out of making the playoffs. <laughs> Wayne Gallman, I won't concentrate on too long, but he's still 78% owned. You obviously need to get rid of him because Saquon Barkley will be back in a week or two. Gallman has a concussion, and I don't see any reality in which Gallman has enough fantasy value to earn himself a roster spot on in even a deep league at this point. Um, if you have any qualms with any of these, please please let me know. Uh, not so far. <laughs> um, Keep my mouth shut about Baker. Uh, Duke Johnson. Everybody everybody wanted Duke Johnson to do really well, uh, but some interesting stats about him. Uh, he hasn't hit double-digit fantasy points since week one, and uh, known for his receiving work, he just saw one target last week. Ugh. In a game where he threw five touchdowns, uh, where Watson did. Rashad Penny is still owned by a lot of people, and it's clear Why? it's clear that Chris Carson is the only person that, that Pete Carroll thinks about when he's sleeping. Don't... <laughs> <laughs> he thinks about Russell Wilson. Or, or is Russell Wilson the only person he thinks about when he's awake? Maybe a little bit about Russell Wilson, yeah. <laughs> um, Eric, Eric Ebron, uh, it looks like Jack Doyle is overtaking his position. And Ebron was great with Luck um, last year, and he was one of the guys that won people fantasy leagues. Just scoring it's a shame touchdown. that he's all out of luck now. Yeah, touchdown after touchdown. But now with Brissett, Brissett t- seems to value the other tight ends more, and he has yet to see more than five targets in a game, has not yet reached 50 yards in a game. So, not so great for Ebron. Uh, Hawkinson we brought up earlier, and I just want you to drop him. Uh, he is a rookie tight end that will be really good in the NFL. Nobody is saying he won't, so before people come up and just start attacking me, he will be really good in the NFL. But what just happened to him was horrible, and besides that, he wasn't doing exceptionally well besides, uh, besides a touchdown uh, in the previous game. That, that amazingly injurious play was a touchdown, right? Uh, but that's the only good thing he's done since week one. So, yes, he will be good, but, but if you're in a redraft league, you don't need to worry about him. Of course, if, not yet. If you're in dynasty or keeper, maybe hold on to him so that you can, you can dynasty or keep him. Give me a tip before you drop him. <laughs> don't drop him. Um... Sammy Watkins is a guy that we always talk about. I I tend to think that if you if you drop or cut Sammy Watkins, that he Get will immediately here, he will immediately react with a twenty five point game, and I think that's still true. Today. He will immediately re aggravate his hamstring injury. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> so it's equally possible. It's Sammy soft tissue Watkins, yeah. yeah. But but with Tyreek Hill back, he might end up being. Uh, the the really good player that he can be because he is right now the number one wide receiver and he he tends to do well when he's not double teamed uh, as we've seen in the past couple of weeks even though he's the number one wide out for Kansas City he's only getting that like uh, 50 70 um, uh, yardage range and it should be more uh, by all accounts for a guy who's super athletic and also a lizard man. He's on the field all the time, and as a lizard man, he should be more durable. 
That's right. So uh, I, I'm not going to throw out any other specific names, but I will continue to come back with that cut list. And it sounds like Jason didn't uh, say that uh, he had any problems with those. So we're just going to say, uh, just cut them already then. Just cut them already. Yes, yes, I know you're hungry. Ah, and here comes dinner. I think that about wraps it up for the evening. Uh, remember that you can uh, join us in the chat room when we do the show live on Wednesday nights, starting um, nine-ish usually. Um, you can uh, tweet us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, you can check out the rankings on our website. We have plenty of other articles for you to learn from as well. Um, anything else to add for the good people, Dave? No, bye, folks. We'll see you next Cheers, week. Cheers, everybody. Enjoy the early game on Sunday. Oh, yes. 8.30 game. Don't forget. <laughs>